When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is Hal Schwartz and Flynn McLean. We're doing a Patreon episode to discuss our thoughts on the third and final show at MetLife Stadium. Full disclosure, my throat is raw, my body is aching, and that is a very good sign as to what happened last night. Uh, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, I my, my legs were a little tired this morning, so were Claudine's. But yeah, in my throat, uh, I, had a, I had a hard time talking last night without sounding like I was squeaking. But yeah, we had a great time last night, the third show, September 3rd. Just spectacular. I, we got Jungle Land. That's obviously the big highlight for me and probably for a lot of other people as well. And so that's the one I'm, I'm, I'm most focused on. I had a smile on my face during that, during that entire performance. Well, as you know, and we'll go back to the beginning because we should discuss the whole show in context, but... You knew the set list. I did not. <laughs> and I texted you at a point saying, I I have hope for Jungle Land. It was after something in the night is played. And you yeah. thankfully did not respond and didn't <laughs> say anything to me. But you knew at that point it was it was going to be played. Yes, I did. I had gotten it actually from one of our subscribers, one of our supporters. And uh, I looked at it and I'm like, OK, this is this is going to be something special. And and I know how you are about sound check spoilers and set list spoilers so i uh i made sure to keep my mouth entirely shut and didn't even hint <laughs> at anything so so i knew you were going to be very very happy when the encore started i was but let's go back to the beginning because this was a show where he was really energized and on fire all night as we discussed in our coverage of the second show which we saw on friday we also thought was very top notch he hasn't played a lot of shows recently, and Friday in particular was very comfortable climate for him. Now, last night was much hotter, but he was ready to go. They didn't sound check, so they didn't take any energy there. And the show started again with Lonesome Day in tonight. Uh, perhaps a little surprising that he opened all three shows with the same two songs, especially in Europe. The multi-night cities generally open with different songs, but irrelevant as the night played out. Night went into No Surrender, and then we got the tour debut of Two Hearts, which sounded fantastic. That's not really one of my personal favorites, generally, but they 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 had some fun with it. Yes, they did, uh, especially on the It Takes Two at the end of the song. I, I actually I had flashbacks back to uh, back to the Garden in 2000 with that one. Uh, we, he, obviously, he played it every night in '99 and 2000, and then I think what '90 plus percent of the time in, in, in 16. So it was good to hear that one. It's, you know, like an old familiar friend, uh, really, really enjoyed hearing it. Felt, it felt good. It felt good to hear. And then we got not the tour premiere because it had been played once in Dublin, but totally surprising to me when something in the night started, we've been looking for that a little jolt where stuff would come that we weren't expecting. And he certainly delivered it last night. And what a great version of something in the night. Oh, uh, well, yeah, it was also a tremendous version. And I I think that we should we should point out that during the show or before these two songs, he actually 
he talked to the band. He told them what songs were coming, held up the two for two hearts, and then he mouthed yeah. something in the night to the band. So it kind of felt like it was an audible in, in some fashion. But uh, but I, as I said, I had the set list uh, a few minutes after something in the night ended. I'm like, OK, it was on there. <laughs> no audible. But but as you said, it felt good to get something get something different and to hear it played so well was was even better and i feel like i have to give some uh, props to to prove it between two hearts and something in the night i thought it was the it was incredibly top-notch i thought it was uh it was better better than the one i than the second night at ubs but back in april i thought it was uh just just powerful and they were they were into it we had posted the solo from prove it all night on friday night to twitter and when I posted it, I had not really reviewed it. And you don't necessarily pick things up that clearly during the show until you watch it back. And he had had a bit of a miscue on that solo. And it definitely appeared to me that last night he put something a little extra into the solo, knowing that Friday had been a little adventure. <laughs> yeah, you had told me about that. I hadn't picked it up at, at the show either. And actually, to be honest, I didn't watch your video. That's but fine. I... I did pay particular attention to the solo. I thought everything sounded right where it should. Maybe I, I could have used a little bit longer solo like he did at UBS back in April, but it was it was it was pretty great nonetheless. I thought the version of Letter to You last night really hit. Now it was the first new song we should mention that Ghost was skipped. Now I think fairly as we've said throughout the year, the new stuff is important to us. I would prefer generally that Ghost not be skipped. A little bit different last night because it was the third night of the stand, the eighth night in the area. I think everyone who was there for the most part had seen Ghost already. And also I think it, he's had a little trouble singing that one. And, and last night was a big night for him, especially since he knew he was gonna have to deliver Jungle Land. And, I thought his voice sounded really, really good. And I, again, especially here on Letter to You. Well, we were disappointed that that he did skip Ghost, to be to be perfectly honest. But as you said, Letter to You, it may have been the best one best one I, I saw this year. And I wouldn't take that one out, uh, especially after last night, especially during the show last night, where it was kind of a that was a letter to to the fans. And I think he was talking to the fans, uh, just like he just like when he wrote the song. Back when we did the show on multi-night stands, I had said, I really believe that he knows what he has to deliver in New Jersey. And he did know, and he delivered it last night. Last night's show, and I was getting texts from a ton of people that we know who were there last night. A lot of people who saw shows in Europe, our friend Jeanette saw Gothenburg. Everyone was just blown away by what took place last night. And it wasn't just the changes in the set, of course, that's important. But the performances throughout it, I hope going forward, and I think they're going to, as we know, they moved DC, as we've discussed, and they've moved one of the San Francisco shows. I hope they're going to pay attention to allowing him proper rest and recuperation between shows, because I think the light schedule that had occurred before MetLife, of course, unfortunately, he was sick in Philly, but that did open up the schedule. I think that that really served him well. Didn't, don't you think the same? Oh, absolutely. And uh, as you said, Friday night was was perfect weather. So I was a little concerned about last night. It was a bit warmer. It was a bit more humid, but it didn't seem to bother bother him at all. Uh, I'm kind of glad the shows were this past weekend because coming up this week here in the New York, New Jersey area, we're supposed to have the highs in the 
in the uh, upper 80s, uh, lower 90s. So, uh, and with uh, plenty of humidity. So it was good that the shows took place this weekend and that this little mini heat wave uh, held off until afterwards. I'm sure sleeping at home and being on the <laughs> yes. farm helps as well. You know, <laughs> even though he's staying in top level hotels, there's nothing like being in your own bed. No, that uh, sleeping in your own bed is, is a huge deal. And and he got two nights, two nights of sleeping in his own bed between each show. So, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that was a very big uh, factor in that as well. From there, the show settled in. There was. Spirit in the Night returning from Friday night. I was really pleased to hear Spirit in the Night again, just because personally I was there with my buddy Roger, who I saw first show, Bruce, 1984, 39 plus years ago. He was with us last night and Spirit was played that night, August 8th, 1984. And I'll never forget when Bruce jumped in the crowd that night. I'd never seen anything like it. And it was played last night in such an energetic version. Uh, It was just it was nice that we were both standing there and it, 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 it just it's meaningful. Last night's show had a lot of meaningful moments like that. I mean, obviously, you had Jungle Land, you had Born to Run Rosie. I mean, all the familiar stuff that I'm sure a lot of people had bonding moments with, with friends back in the back in the 80s or 90s and, and, and were able to kind of re-experience last night and talking about the performance of spirit i think as i i said in uh, in our previous episode the horn sounded absolutely amazing on this one i was a little concerned how that was going to work but damn it worked perfectly and uh if you can feel the spirit i want you to respond with a mighty yeah yeah <laughs> i really enjoyed that last night to be perfectly honest and i will say i felt the spirit i think you can hear it if you're listening to me because the spirit is still with me you know and that's something we've talked about all year the buzz now we had the buzz after friday night and last night well tampa of course i had a major buzz too but that was the excitement of the return last night i couldn't sleep i mean i i was that fired up he really he got to me last night in ways that i i wasn't even so sure that could happen i mean he's older i'm older it was if we look at some of the sets from the past 15 years it wasn't like it was that crazy but there was something about that performance last night being in that building and the crowd was crazy all night yeah the crowd was incredibly boisterous uh they knew i feel like they knew every word to every song it was like every every song became a sing-along uh especially like on on wrecking ball because the night obviously badlands thunder road and yeah that felt really good of course they could be also a little bit too boisterous and flailing arms and bumping into other people but that's a problem that 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 we had now one thing that i think happened throughout the night and i noticed it on kitty's back roger brought it up as well it seemed like some of the versions were shorter last night like he knew he was going to play these other songs that were a little bit longer so rather than go over three hours i think he wanted to contain the show kitty's back seemed a little shorter to me rosalita was definitely shorter he cut out some of the shtick what did you think i really didn't notice it on on kitty's back but i did notice it on dancing in the dark and and even a little bit of 10th avenue and and you're right i hadn't noticed that that about rosalita cutting out the shtick between him and steve uh they had it on friday night but they didn't have it last night so but that's a, that's a good thing, and and if you cut out the stick and Rosalita, and you, and you get to get Jungle Land and, and kind of in its place, I am all for that trade. <laughs> yes, of course, 
we were not there on Wednesday night for night one. So I was thrilled that Atlantic City was played again. It was it was big. Right. But it, but it wasn't the same arrangement, right? Uh, the first night of Atlantic City, it was just Bruce on guitar for the first verse. Was like it? 92. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Now, in Foxborough, we played that different arrangement. I okay. haven't heard the Wednesday show yet. It hasn't been released on Nugs, of course. Nugs so is a little I'm, behind right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the last show they have is the second night in Chicago from August 11th. So they're a couple weeks behind. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dino Tripodis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. From there, the show settled into its regular pattern. But again, the songs were stellar. The version of Backstreet's was really touching. There was that moment in the middle where he talks about, I'm going to carry you right here till the end. And I mean, it's been hitting home the entire tour. But I think in the context of everything that was going on last night, it just gave it a little bit extra oomph. All right. Well, I was going to talk about the extra oomph that was in the last uh, few lines of Last Man Standing. I thought, oh yeah, the way he sang it, I feel like there was a lot of a uh, lot of chatter in the audience. But when he, I don't want to say he yelled them, but he certainly sang them very loud. Uh, it got uh, it got very quiet. You could hear a pin drop during at at that point, and I thought that was absolutely beautiful, and it, and it captured the the emotion that, that he was talking about. Uh, you know, with uh, with death, its final gift is make, making the living appreciate it every day. And I thought, uh, as I said, that hit really hard. Did you feel that Because Tonight was also a little bit elevated last night? I thought Nils, on his solo, also gave it a little extra zip to it. I, there was something about it. I was like, he seems to be giving a little extra here. Did you notice that? I believe I did. I didn't I didn't notice that I was enjoying it a hell of a lot more. 
it did seem that uh, Bruce was singing it a little bit, a little bit more, uh, more into it. And and yeah, Nils's solo. I guess he kind of takes over as being the band leader for those for those few minutes, where uh, interacting with Max and exchanging looks and I guess slight slight directions. And and yeah, he was uh, he seemed to be more on with that one uh, than usual. Racking ball just goes over so well at the Meadowlands. I understand some people would like it to be switched out every now and then. But it worked perfectly last night. The energy in the building on that one, it always surprises me. That was the case in Europe as well, as a matter of fact. But especially there, when he's singing about the building that stood right <laughs> next door, people get really, really into it. Yes, they do. And and as a Washington Commanders fan, I certainly enjoy booing the Giants line. <laughs> but I actually I, have been known to do that as well. <laughs> but I uh, was certainly uh, singing along and, and raising my arm on, on, on every uh, bring on your wrecking ball line. And yeah, even I had fun on that one last night. And the final three songs, they, they were perfect. The, the Rising, as you noted in our last discussion, is playing, it seemed, at a little bit faster pace now. And the, and the lighting that they're using, oh, that yeah. really is one of the best-played songs. And, and we know the song means a hell of a lot to him. And, uh, of course, it is the week before the anniversary of 9-11. I think that probably also played into the Lonesome Day appearances every night. But the rising is just... It's a song that's so magnificent, and it works so well... And it's a little surprising at this point how much of an anthem it has become, because if you think about the subject matter, of course, it plays sort of opposite it. But it's just it's it's certainly the biggest song and I think the key song that he's written since what would you say since 87? Uh, Absolutely. I was thinking it's definitely his the key song of at least the last 25 years. Maybe Land of Open Dreams or American Skin, but no, think, not as big as The Rising. Okay, well, I was just thinking of the important songs he's written o- yeah. over the last quarter century, and and yeah, as I said, maybe Land of Open Dreams and American Skin, but no, this one, this one is the anthem of the last quarter century, and I think it's more of a like an affirmation song. As it's not, it's I think it's lost. Some of the sadness that that, that yes, accompanied I that day—it's it's—and now it's more of a celebration, and that we're going to rise back up. Well, and it's interesting in its placement in the set, and of course we talked about this going back to February because it follows Wrecking Ball. That confirms what you're saying here. It's it's much different than the way it was used, say, to open the Rising Tour shows, as we're talking about in our Rising Tour series, which we're going to get back to shortly. I, it took me a while to get Wrecking Ball after I visited my, my grandmother in a nursing home uh, about six months after the whatever tour that was working on his dream ended. And and yeah, that going into the into the rising, that's it's kind of a, it's a powerful trio or a powerful duo, which becomes even more resonant when you get it when you get to Badlands. And that really is the yeah, the the, you know, the death defying song of the night. Badlands was great last night. I also felt that one was a little bit more compact. He was getting ready for the encores. There's no question about it. Now, full disclosure, our buddy Jason had texted me and he said, I have the set list. And he also knew (laughs) not to send it to me, but he wasn't at the show. But he said to me when he asked how it was, I was like, oh, it's smoking hot. And there have been a couple of changes that are really great. He wrote back, 
something like, uh, well, just wait till later. So I, <laughs> I, I knew that something was coming. But after Thunder Road, let's go through the encores now. Bruce turned around. I Susie had a violin in her hand for one thing. And I, he, you could read his lips as clear as a bell. He said, Jungle Land. And okay. I was just going crazy as I don't think we've mentioned this to the audience, maybe once or twice. I have been very concerned as the year has gone on that I was never going to get to see Jungle Land again, which was really sort of depressing me. So I was elated beyond belief. And during the performance of that song last night, I was so transfixed. I would have loved to maybe had a snippet of video, but I was like, I am not doing anything. I am just going to be here and absorb it fully. And that is exactly what I did. That's a very good call uh, to, to live in the moment. I think that's part of what uh, what Bruce is saying with this with this show. And and I'm glad you did. I I mean, I did get some video of that from the garden back in April. And but I, I also knew that was coming <laughs> and I uh, was able to kind of give give a little bit uh, a little bit of flavor. But yeah, last night, as I said earlier in the episode, I, I just had a smile on my face during that during that whole during the whole song. And it was just just beautiful. And I love the power, the power of the end of it. Um, after after he says down in jungle and that the rest of the song just especially to hear in a stadium where it's just like so it's so big and and it's, it's it, and i've and i loved it i loved hearing it last night we don't want to use the word epic too much but it was it was epic i understand it's 2023 the band is older in a way that makes it more poignant and it was totally epic i have not felt this after a show, the the fatigue in my legs and my voice being <laughs> raw in a very long time. I, I just had an incredible time last night. Oh, well, so did I. And yeah, I think one thing we need to point out with with the performance of Jungle Land is that seven of the eight songs off Born to Run were played last night. Right. I assume I assume you picked up on that one. <laughs> I wasn't really paying that much attention to it as it was unfolding. I, I really was in a different space last night, even on the stuff that we've seen all year long. There was just there was something going on, as we said, that well, it just seemed like the situation was elevated. So I, I wasn't really thinking in my analytical mind. I was just sort of, again, trying to absorb it. Well, what's interesting is that the standard set list really does include five out of eight songs. You got Thunder right. Road. You got 10th Avenue. She's the one. Backstreet's Born to Run. And and then at this show, he also threw in night. Well, not really throw in night. And then and then this performance of Jungle Land. So you got seven out of the eight. I was I'm waiting for the full album performance uh, in sequence now. <laughs> I have to admit, when Born to Run started, I was sort of like stunned. In fact, someone said that I was on the screen or something. I have no idea what I was doing at that point. Yeah, that was me I, telling you. <laughs> oh. Someone else said they saw me too. Oh, okay. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were I, they, they were showing the crowd during during Born to Run. I guess it was I, one of the. I was. What was cameras I, I mean, facing like, the crowd? I'm, I'm like totally blank. I mean, really, after Jungle Land ended, I needed a moment to sort of get back <laughs> my composure. 
And even though it was Born to Run, and, and I love Born to Run, I really am sort of blank on the first half of the song. <laughs> okay. Well, it always hits big, and the, and the house lights go on. And, and what I really noticed last night was everybody, I mean, I was in the pit. So many people in the pit looking around at, at the entire stadium and just seeing the power that this music is bringing to everybody in the stadium all the way up to the last row on the other side of, of the stadium. And it's, it's, it's a joy. It's, and it's, a, it's amazing to, to see in action. It is. And the encore was just stupendous in its entirety. Uh, there's no other way to put it. It was a very special hour of music. I don't know how often we're going to see something like that again. I, I suspect, and I pretty sure you agree this is certainly not a turning point in the sense that this is going to happen every night. It was special because of the circumstances. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Sure do. So It's, it's going to con continue in Syracuse without Jungle Land or the Detroit Medley, unfortunately. Maybe they'll pop up once in a while, but I, I don't want to do too much on that right now. I'm just glad that I was there last <laughs> night. And the medley, I actually had it in my mind because after Jungle Land had been played and something in the night, I did think to myself, the medley would be a perfect replacement for Seven Nights to Rock. But when he counted into it, I was I was ecstatic. Yes, so was I. That was actually one that I was looking forward to after I saw it on, on the set list. And I hadn't thought about it replacing Seven Nights because at this show, it, it replaced Glory Days in the sequencing. And yeah, uh, so much fun. I... I didn't see it back in the, well, I guess I saw it a couple times in 88, but I didn't see the legendary performances of it on the River Tour, or first part of the Born in the USA Tour. So I uh, I was having a great time. Dancing was also more compact. As you noted, I think mm -hmm. 10th Avenue was more on the compact side. His energy level during 10th Avenue, because we've seen other shows this year, by the time he got to 10th Avenue, he definitely seemed winded. He definitely could have gone longer last night, I think. He he was feeling it. Now, that may have been bad for him today and tomorrow, <laughs> but in the moment last night, I think he had the adrenaline pumping enough that he would have been able to go on had he wanted to. Yeah, that, and that would have been pretty sweet. But as you said, you don't want to – it was already a, a special night. It was already a, yeah. a wonderful night. And, and he had a perfect ending planned. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jersey Girl. And um, instead of the usual tour show ender that he's done on literally every other night on the tour, I'll see you in my dreams. So he's got to have something left for when he goes to, up to Syracuse and then down, down to Baltimore. The thing that I loved at the end of 10th Avenue when Kevin handed him the guitar and 10th Avenue ended and he just he sort of stood there for a moment with a look on his face before he hit the notes to begin Jersey Girl. Mm -hmm. And it was it was so perfect. It yeah, was, he was like an, it was an acknowledgement of the crowd, the Jersey fans, his knowing that he was giving something that was very special. And I, I it was very, very cool. And I, I took it as he was really savoring the moment and yes, maybe letting everyone in the crowd kind of kind of savor the moment uh, bef before closing the show with with such the uh, geographically appropriate song. It was really nicely done. Of course, he did it at Newark, where it was also nicely done. But last night, it was the perfect ending to what we had seen. And I'll admit, when when he ended the song and the band started leaving the stage, he lingered for a little while. 
and he hugged Jake as he always does before Jake goes off. And I thought Kevin was going to hand him a guitar and harmonica for I'll see you in my dreams. It wasn't on the set list, as we know. And he, he stood there for a second, which I now realize that he was really sort of just taking in the crowd and mm -hmm. the excitement that he had just created. And then he walked off the stage and I turned I was like, is it over? Because <laughs> just like uh, that guy in uh, Copenhagen. Is it over? It's, it's not over. And but but it was over. Sorry, it was over. And it was a perfect conclusion to a really perfect night. You, there's no point in bringing up. Some people were like, well, where does it rank? Uh, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is we Bruce is three weeks away from being 74. Now he's actually uh, I think he's 19 days from being 74. It's different. We know that. And I am just glad that I was there to witness that. Who knows when we'll see something like that again. But it was really, really special. And that's how I feel about it today. And I am sure that's how I'm going to feel about it when I hear the Nugs release. I hope this doesn't sound like a backhanded compliment, but this was as epic as it's going to get in, in 2023. I, th I think... Oh. Uh, yeah, other previous Jersey stands, you know, they may have had more songs or more variety or whatever, but this one, uh, this one was certainly special, and and it should be mentioned when we start in the future when we talk about uh, great shows in New Jersey. Oh, for sure. I don't think it's a backhanded compliment because, and I, I've said this before. I, I've come to understand the circumstances, especially after I saw the shows in Europe and the heat that he was dealing with and how close the shows were together. This was a, a, a very fortunate situation that he was well rested. He obviously had a plan to give the crowd something last night that he hadn't been giving the rest of the year. And he knows how to put on a special show. We've seen it before. In a way, it sort of reminded me how the third show in Asbury was structured on the Joe tour, where he also admitted, omitted some of the key Joe songs, including Promised Land. And... That's okay, because he knows that the audience has seen other shows. That's one of the things we've been <laughs> saying all year, that they know who's going to the shows, and they know people are seeing repeat shows. That was something that we felt very strongly about. So he knows who was there last night, and he, he wanted to deliver for us, and he did, and it, it was magnificent. Oh, he absolutely did, and this will probably be my last show of the of the year, so it's a it's a good high note to, to go out on and to— Look forward to look forward to next year when it, whenever that comes. Well, I'll probably not probably I'm seeing the local shows to me, but I'm not going to see anything besides that. And I'm going to look forward to it. Uh, it's it's three months away. It's a nice gap. It'll mm -hmm. be fresh for me at that point. Exactly. And exactly. I, I just I really was impressed by what he did last night and. There's not much more to say about it than that. It was it was just a, a special night for me. So I guess we'll wrap things up here. We have been going. We've never actually gone for a half an hour on <laughs> one of these live recordings before, but we'll see how we this are. one plays. Well, here we are. But There's a lot, lot to talk about. I mean, it was such yes. a such a fun show and a lot of lot of lot of elements in there that that warrant a little bit of discussion and, and highlighting. We're doing this one without editing. <laughs> but we do want to end by saying, if you're listening, this is a Patreon episode. We've now put it on to Evergreen. If you're hearing it on your regular podcast platform like Apple Podcasts and the rest. If you're interested in learning more about our Patreon, go to patreon.com slash mbtvpodcast. 
Of course, on Twitter, you can find us at NBTB Podcast. And all, as always, we just want to say we really appreciate everyone who's come up to us at the shows and said how much they're enjoying the podcast. It's pretty wild and it means a lot to us. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. It happened to me a couple times last night. I'm always just blown away and, and just extremely flattered by people telling telling me how much they they enjoy the show. And it's like, I'm, it's just me talking about Bruce. It's no big deal. <laughs> but But we thank you. We do thank you. So we'll be back with part two of the Rising Tour. And we'll let people know on Twitter exactly when that's going to be. And with that, we'll sign off. Number the Brave is a presentation of Evergreen Podcast. It's produced by Bullmark Entertainment. We thank you for listening. So for Hal Schwartz, I'm Flynn McLean saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you further on up the road. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.